Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Hi, and welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. Today we're going to talk about when all else fails. Is your homeschooling experience less than exciting? Are you ready to throw in the towel, or worse, throw out the kiddos? Have your expectations for a great year already been demolished by reality? If so, listen in and receive some advice that might make things better. I belong to a number of homeschooling discussion groups, and it is evident that many moms are struggling with issues pertaining to homeschooling. The discussions range from questions regarding fulfilling the number of days required for a student to be in school, to how to handle toddlers and babies while schooling, how to keep the house clean, how and when to plan and prepare meals, how to find time for hobby, and more. One post contained five heartbreaking words, I just want to die. These posts break my heart because what should be such a wonderful experience, having your children at home with you, has turned into a hardship for many. The problem, in my opinion, is twofold. One, many moms are so fearful that they will not be successful in homeschooling their children that the task becomes a burden rather than a pleasure. And two, the state has, unfortunately, moved into our lives like an unwanted bulldozer, putting unnecessary burdens on us to such an extent that we are often almost immobilized. Well, what's a mom to do? And what does this have to do with co-oping? Hang with me, and we'll answer both of these questions. So many moms these days are stressed, and their children are often angry, depressed, or badly behaved. Parents, although their intentions are good, are ruining what could be a great homeschool experience. Many are even asking for prayer because they feel as if homeschooling has only made things worse for their families. This is not how things should be. So what has happened and what can we do about it? I was blessed to be introduced to homeschooling 29 years ago by a family who homeschooled before it was legal, applying scriptural principles to their decisions rather than succumbing to a law they felt violated scripture. The father was an attorney and a strong Christian. He wrote the homeschooling law that was passed in Florida that legalized homeschooling. Under Brenda's tutelage, I was encouraged not to bring the school into the home, but rather to create an atmosphere that fostered learning. She advised me to make learning fun and to make it a part of everyday life. Like most moms, particularly those of us who began homeschooling so long ago that there were very few of us around, I was concerned with whether I was qualified to adequately educate my children. I put pressure on myself to keep up with the Joneses, or, in the case of academics, to exceed the scope and key skills expected to be learned by children according to each grade level. I loved the idea of making learning a part of life, of being free from living up to the expectation of others, so I had to repeatedly give myself a pep talk in this regard. It also helped to read books by authors who agreed with this philosophy and to listen to speakers who had a track record of raising children successfully without conforming to the traditional educational system. When I first heard the term unschooling, it was defined as a philosophy of education that nurtures children in such a way that between supportive parents, available opportunities, and right attitudes, learning will happen naturally. 
I was excited about that, and I even began labeling myself as an unschooler. However, I soon realized that the term carried a certain negative connotation, and that came along with the condemnation of those who called themselves unschoolers. Then, when I was at a homeschool convention, I heard Mary Hood, an author with a Ph.D. in education, speak on being a relaxed homeschooler, and I immediately felt as if she was accurately articulating exactly how I felt about homeschooling. By the way, I'm excited to tell you I'll be interviewing Mary on the next podcast to talk further about these issues. So here I was, a mother of three, soon to be four, eventually nine children, and I longed for our homeschooling experience to be fun, natural, nurturing, and successful. The more workshops I attended, books I read, and speakers I heard convinced me further that I should concentrate on character issues while training my children to become independent learners. My husband and I both love reading, learning, and attending classes, and we wanted our children to feel the same way. Many told us to read, read, and read some more, and so we did. My mentors said play games, take field trips, teach through everyday experiences, so we did. It wasn't always easy for me. For more than 20 years, I was either pregnant, nursing, or had one or more babies in diapers. For many years, I had toddlers to teens and everything in between. My desire to provide an exciting learning adventure often ended up being something much less than what I had imagined. We muddled through, and I knew I needed to develop my own philosophy of education so that I could measure whether we were reaching our goals or not. So in light of this, I penned this mission statement. Encourage my child's inquisitiveness and provide him with the tools necessary for independent learning. Create opportunities for my child to share what he's learned with others so he can develop polished speaking skills. Teach my child to ask the right questions question certain answers, and hold conversations with respect for the other person. Stress the importance of embracing godly character qualities, particularly by thinking more of others than themselves. Help my child discover his gifts and talents by providing a variety of experiences that either affirm or negate suggested strengths and weaknesses. When you have a specific mission statement and you feel good about your plan, then you can relax. Relaxed homeschooling definitely makes for more enjoyable family life, And it is possible to raise children to become independent, mature, caring adults without conforming to the traditional education system. Here's a quote that speaks the message of my heart for my children. It's by Arthur F. Miller, Jr. Giftedness is more than a mere inventory of talents. It's the lifeblood of a person. The song his heart longs to sing. The race his legs long to run. We want to raise children who can identify the song their heart longs to sing. We do not want a mere inventory of talents. We want our children to identify and use their talents to bless others and to glorify God. At the end of the day, as Joyce Herzog says in her book, Learning in Spite of Labels, we don't want to raise the most successful brain surgeon in the world if he's an angry, uncaring, totally self-centered person. In one homeschool group discussion, a mom expressed exasperation that her 7-year-old hated math. When questioned, she said she had tried five or six math curriculums And he hated them all. He is seven years old. Chances are he needs to be outside playing more and the mom needs to be less worried about curriculum. So play games that involve numbers and counting and that teach math skills without even using a curriculum. Another thread had moms discussing whether they had schooled 40 days so far or not this year. If you are parenting your children, then you are teaching them every day, every single day. Whether you call what you do school or not, your children are attending a class of some sort. Get out of the mindset that the school begins and ends and takes place only on certain days. 
when I finally got to this point, I told my children, we aren't doing school anymore. By that, I meant that we were going to totally switch over to a life-is-learning mindset. We went to my parents' house later that day, and when my dad asked, what did you do in school today? One of my children responded, we don't do school anymore. My dad, who taught at FSU, looked at me with a shocked expression on his face, and so I explained what that phrase meant, and then I went on to share with him all we had done that day. He understood, and he was okay, because really, logically, it makes much more sense to approach life every day, all day, with the challenge to teach others to keep learning ourselves and to enjoy life to its fullest. Because I knew there were specific things I wanted my children to learn, I organized a co-op. Providing a safe and friendly audience for public speaking was very important to me. Why do we stress reading, writing, and arithmetic and not public speaking? We talk every single day of our lives. Well, most of us do at any rate. Shouldn't our children learn how to hold meaningful, well-articulated discussions? Well, co-ops are a great place to children who never develop a fear of speaking in public. Our co-ops also often included a mixture of students of all ages, which taught the older ones to be patient with the little ones while it encouraged them to set an example of good behavior. Our children loved going to co-op each week and they rarely looked at it as a drudgery. The moms enjoy co-op as well because not only is the workload shared, but our stress is alleviated by having children who enjoy the program and we get to spend time with other adults as well. So co-ops are a win-win-win. Granted, once your teens reach high school, you will